The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, Irish expat Dara Ninar Lally has been living in Israel with his family for the last eight years. And with the escalation of violence in recent weeks, the family have been forced to move from their home in Tel Aviv to safer territory outside Jerusalem. Uh, Dara joins me on the line to talk about what the reality of life is in Israel at the moment. Dara, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, you've been in Tel Aviv for a long time. I was in Tel Aviv many years ago, just uh, on a brief visit, uh, and it was uh, a very amenable place, I have to say. But I'm sure if you live there all the year round, um, the idea of attack and violence and perhaps rocketry would not be very far away. That's true, yeah. I've lived uh, in Tel Aviv now for eight years altogether, um, and we've been through a number of um, times when there were uh, rocket attacks on the city and uh, on the country. Um, Thankfully, in Tel Aviv, there is time to get to the shelter. Um, You have about 90 seconds before... Uh, there's like a hit on a building or hopefully uh, the rocket will be intercepted. Um, so you have the Iron the Dome. The country, uh, people the, do have like uh, less time in some communities in the south. It can be under 10 seconds, seven or eight seconds in some cases. So they don't really have a lot of time. If a rocket attack starts, they basically have to just stay in the shelter all day. Now, uh, the shelter that you have 90 seconds to access, uh, is it a shelter within your own home or a shelter, you know, down the street? Yeah, so we're lucky enough to live in an apartment where one of the bedrooms is actually uh, the safe room. So uh, it's not too difficult for us if we're at home. For other people, um, they live in older buildings. Uh, There might be no shelter at all in the building. So what they have to do is head to the uh, stairwell, or sometimes they'll have to run across the street to... uh, to a building that does have a shelter. Um, just two days ago, I was in Tel Aviv and uh, a siren uh, went off um, while I was walking on the street and uh, everybody around, somebody came out from their shop and said, come into, come into the shop, uh, everybody into the back and there was a, a stairwell there and we all just crowded in um, until the, the uh, we heard the boom in the air uh, overhead, and uh, we had to wait for you have to wait for a few minutes once that happens, and then it's uh, it's okay to go out again. Um, so the siren is sounded when there's incoming. Uh, do they have an all clear siren as well? There's no all clear siren, but you're just told to wait uh, ten minutes after uh, the siren stops. Yeah. Now, you've lived there for eight years. So how many times a year typically, before this trouble started, how many times a year might you find yourselves in the shelters? Uh, I mean, some years have gone by where there's been uh, nothing. Um, And I think that's one of the things that uh, has maybe led to the sense of shock uh, here right now, because I think a lot of people were under the mistaken impression that maybe Hamas was moderating and uh, some of the previous incursions have been by Islamic Jihad uh, and Hamas kind of stood by uh, and didn't get involved and people kind of thought then, oh, so maybe, you know, they're, you know, heading towards uh, some sort of, you know, peaceful uh, approach. So this is part of the reason why people are uh, worth, you know, it was so unexpected.
What was it like then on the 7th of October when those sirens uh, went off? I mean, you, you've uh, uh, two children. Um, so what was it like in your home? So um, it was a holiday weekend uh, here in Israel. Um, so think of a bank holiday uh, weekend in Ireland, uh, something uh, similar. People were out celebrating um, and uh, that's why you're hearing a lot about uh, parties. There was a big party in the desert, Nova, that became the scene of a, a massacre. One of my, uh, I play rugby in my spare time, and one of my teammates was at that. He managed to escape with his friends. Um, but, uh, yeah, my husband and I were actually at a, a music festival, too, uh, in the desert. Not that one, a different one. Um, and... Uh, our kids were staying with uh, my husband's sister, so they were, you know, happy with their cousins. Um, but, yeah, the music stopped at one point. You know, everybody was celebrating, dancing to the music. Music stops. People are wondering what's going on. You know, it was a, a lot of confusion. People uh, started to get the news filtering through. And um, we actually ended up being trapped there for several hours because we heard that the roads were closed Um due to what was happening, and we the buses uh, wouldn't uh, bring us back to Tel Aviv. So we were basically in the desert for uh, several hours. We got back to Tel Aviv then uh, later that day, and, of course, uh, then, you know, we started to see in the news what had been uh, happening, as well as, you know, in the middle of all of this, rockets were being fired out uh, at a, a very um, high volume. So sirens were going off all the time. Um, and, uh, yeah, the stories that were uh, coming through were absolutely horrific. And, of course, it was still ongoing at that, at that point. It, it went on for um, the, the whole day, and uh, there was a lot of uncertainty about what was happening, but we, we did know that there were uh, a lot of killings uh, taking place uh, in those communities uh, in the south. Now, you decided that uh, Tel Aviv was no longer safe uh, for you and your family, and, and you've moved uh, presumably you're in a safe place now. Um, relatively safe, yes. T- Jerusalem is not uh, as um, targeted. Um, well, it, it is the site of uh, the, the holy places for all religions, and uh, uh, people would uh, you know, not want to uh, let a rocket go astray or whatever and inadvertently damage those holy places. Exactly, yeah. I mean, there have been rockets fired at uh, Jerusalem uh, in the past, but uh, this time fewer. There are, there are rockets uh, coming in, but definitely far fewer than uh, in uh, Tel Aviv. Um, also on, a, on, a, on another, you know, level, um, we have more space here. Uh, there's, you know, it's a house with a garden, more uh, space for our kids who are seven and three uh, to, to run around, and as well as the support of uh, their grandparents who... Um, you know, are helping out while, you know, people are meant to be working at the moment. Uh, so uh, I have that uh, additional pressure. But, you know, companies are being quite uh, uh, understanding. And, and your children, have they become just used to sirens? Uh, I mean, or are they scared every time a siren is sounded? Uh, I would they haven't really become used to sirens, no. Um, you know, naturally we try to protect them and, you know, underplay uh, what's happening and say, you know, it's all fine, we just need to go in here for a minute. Um, but uh, our younger one in particular, um, 
has become sir- uh, afraid of sirens, you know, just regular sirens, not the, the red alert, uh, air raid sirens. If she hears an ambulance or the police now, she wants to go running to the, to the shelter. So that's uh, kind of uh, heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and meantime, no school. So, um, you know, life is different. But then I suppose the pandemic created that alternative reality where we all had to get used to working from home and things like that. Uh, so perhaps uh, not as great a shift as it might otherwise have been in, in your lifestyle. But you're going to be living with um, the possibility of terror for the foreseeable future. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, we're... Unfortunately, it seems like this is um, going to uh, go on for a while and there's going to be innocent lives lost uh, on both sides. Um, and nobody... Uh, nobody wants that. Um, I think people here, though, feel that, you know, th- this has been a huge trauma um, and they want to remove Hamas's ability to carry out attacks like this. Um, yeah, and I think... It uh, seems to buy... It, it, it buys a piece for maybe um, half a generation, but then... All of the people traumatized by what's going on at the moment may be radicalized in time by another uh, political leadership and and the cycle carries on. Unfortunately, yes. Uh, I don't claim to have the answer. Um, I do know that it's not as simple as uh, some people make out. And uh, I think people here in Israel um, look to some of the solutions that are put forward, uh, you know, by, by some people, which are like just uh, remove the remove the borders, uh, you know, with Gaza. But now that uh, something like this has happened, you know, and the vicious uh, slaughter that took place, uh, now that they've seen that, they they believe that their suspicions about what might happen if they did that have been confirmed. So um they feel that that needs to be um solved they don't know how to do it and this seems like the this seems like the way that they know how to do but uh, anyway, like I said, I'm just a regular person here. I'm not an expert on, yeah, yeah. on the no, conflict. But that's um, why we wanted to talk to you to get the, the feeling of someone who lives in Israel in these very difficult times. Um, yeah, yeah. It's personal for people as well. You know, uh, my, brother-in-law, uh, my brother-in-law's uncle lived in Kibbutz Kfar Aza. Um, his name was Eli. He was 72. He went missing for 48 hours eventually. The news came in that he had been killed along with his uh, friends and neighbours. Um, now most people know somebody who's been called up to the reserve if they haven't been called up themselves. Um, of the people who are uh, not called up, there's a huge volunteering effort to take care of the displaced families. Um, you know, there's hundreds of survivors. Uh, they've come to hotels in Tel Aviv and other uh, safer areas. Uh, they need food, doctors, psychiatrists, toys for the children. Uh, many people are still in the middle of it. You know, they don't know what's happened to their loved ones. Their mo- loved ones are missing. They don't know if they've been killed uh, or if they're alive as hostages because there's only been proof of life given uh, of one of the hostages out of more than 200 so far. What a so it's a live issue. It's not like something that happened a week and a half ago. It's something that is very much ongoing. It's a huge trauma. You can feel the trauma in the air here. People are uh, 
but people have switched modes and everybody's trying to do something to to help. Dara, thank you very much for joining us on the programme this morning and giving us an insight of what it's like to be an ordinary person living in effectively a conflict zone. Dara Nienar Lally, who's an Irish expat living in Israel. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.